Welcome to the next episode of the Elite Health Podcast. We are joined by Joseph here. Joseph, do you want to give us a little introduction into yourself? Yep, sure thing. So my name is Joseph Rakic. Um, I'm an online trainer. I've been in the online space for many years, at least 12, 15 years. Um, I help people all around the world with my custom meal plans and workout programs. To date, I've had over 180,000 uh, clients through my app. Um, and yeah, I pretty much live for going to the gym, eating, training, sleeping, and working. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. I free you right into there with an introduction. So um, <laughs> so we know each other from Dubai through mutual friends, I guess, and we met at a mastermind. Absolutely brilliant place. We were just speaking, planning on the move to Dubai myself. So how long have you been in Dubai for? Um, I have been here, what is it now? I think six months. So I, I moved here in January um, and it's the best thing I've ever done. My only regret is not moving over here sooner. I believe Dubai is the best city in the world for so many different reasons. Uh, so yeah, I'm stoked that I'm here. Couldn't agree with you more, to be honest. It's just uh, seems like everything lines up. So uh, first things first, For I know you gave us an introduction into yourself kind of thing, but who is Joseph Rakish? As in, who would you say defines you as a person kind of thing? As in, in terms of how you line up with your and goal your vision as yourself what have you built up do you feel in yourself to allow you to do that right now yep i believe i've built up um an extreme amount of consistency and hard work it's it's what i do 24 7 i love what i do i'm passionate about what i do literally every second of the day if i'm not eating sleeping or with my wife I'm pretty much working. I have no hobbies, maybe the gym, but outside of that, my hobby is just working. And to me, it's it's like a game almost. And that's what I get my excitement from. That's what I get my thrills from. So yeah, I guess I've just built myself up over hard work and over consistency over all these years. And it's so much easier to be consistent and it's so much easier to put in hard work when you're actually doing something that you love and enjoy. If you don't love and enjoy it, it's going to be hard to work hard doing that. And it's going to be hard to be consistent. So uh, I guess I'm pretty lucky and I'm pretty blessed to be able to be doing something that I do love and enjoy. I agree with you completely. And I'm sure you get it all the time as well with the whole balance side of things being thrown at you, but you've been in the game for so long. It's hard. Mm -hmm. What do you reckon about, uh, how do you feel about the actual comments about Work-life balance, would you say? Honestly, I. <laughs> it's funny you ask me this. I I don't like when people say, "Oh, you need a bit of balance in your life." Like I can't think of anything worse than balance. And I think people that try and find balance, I think it's going to like limit them from being as good as they can. I think you know, massive success comes down to extremists. You have to be extreme in something. Work-life balance, if you're the normal person and that's what you love and that's what you enjoy, hey, fine, no problem there. But for me, trying to find work-life balance, it's more stressful for me because I literally love working. My birthday comes around and was, oh, it's your birthday. You're going to take it off? Like, I couldn't think of, why would I ruin my birthday? <laughs> like, I just, I just love what I do. So I don't need to find any balance. 
Um, and people are always like, oh, you're gonna, you're gonna burn yourself out. <laughs> hey, I, I got no problem with putting in as much effort and as much work as I can. And if I ever get to the point where I am burnt out, at least I know I'm putting the gas to the middle, you know? Mm-hmm. Most people worry about this and they, they don't even achieve like 1% of being burnt out. We can, we can do so much more, but we limit ourselves so much. And we're always trying to find work-life balance. I don't like balance. I like all in or nothing. <laughs> I love to hear it, honestly. It's like when I'm, it's rare to hear people say this now as well with the current culture. I feel like people push their definitions of balance on you. So I don't know where from, maybe from a place of insecurity. It's hard to say, you know, maybe they want the best for you. Maybe uh, that's what they see as happiness, balance or whatever it is. But it's hard to find your own definition from what others think of balance itself yeah. so you know but it's, it it's crazy sorry it's crazy when you think about it like the people that tell me work-life balance not like i don't want to say this the wrong way but they're not kind of really doing much themselves in life but if i if i talk to someone you know with hundreds of millions or i even know a few billionaires when i talk to them they never mention anything like work, work-life balance. They talk about work harder, do more. So, yeah, it depends on what you want to achieve in life, where you want to be, and then I think you should align that with the direction that you want to go in. And for me and what I want to achieve and the level that I want to get to, work-life balance will not get me there. I agree with you completely. And I think it's the people that find that they need balance are the people that are focusing on the opportunities which aren't as high leverage as they should be. So they tend to burn themselves out, not getting very far because of the actions that they're taking as well. So I I see both sides of the table because of, uh, you know, you kind of have to see like, you know, what, what are these people actually thinking? But then you realize maybe they are just, uh, maybe they are just trying to work harder in a nine to five. And that's absolutely fine as well. And, you know, trying to push themselves as hard as possible, not uh, seeing outsized returns of that. So what does the end goal in terms of your actual uh, em- em- emotional goals for you look like in terms of, let's say happiness, right? I don't like the word itself as well as a goal, but what does that actually look like for you? Yep. Honestly, I don't have an end goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always going to be a new goal. So it's always, I'm always going to be progressing in some way. I don't ever plan to retire. Like I'll be 80 and I'll still be doing work because I just enjoy it. Um, yeah, I've got many different goals along the way. Um, for example, one of my goals is to help a million people worldwide through my fitness app. But that's not the end goal. When I achieve that, there'll just be another goal. And it just continues continuing on. Um, And I think you have to have that in you to never be satisfied. Like you can be proud with what you are achieving and what you are doing. You can be proud, but I think you should never be satisfied. Because as soon as you're satisfied, the hunger's gone for you to try and be better, do more, um, and achieve greater things. Honestly, I couldn't think of anything worse than getting to a goal and reaching it, as in I feel transcending (laughs) goals, which are, you know, never ending are always going to 
be what's actually going to bring you the most happiness as well. And maybe I just think like this now, but hearing you say it so always uh, kind of confirms that, you know, you've been in the game for a long time as in how, how long have you been doing this for? Yeah, I've been doing it. Oh, I don't know, but 12, 15 years at least. And yeah. you're so right. It, it is happiness. Like, I believe happiness comes down to self-progression in one way or another, whether it be your personal life, whether it be personal growth, personal development, um, your business, maybe your physique changing. If you're progressing in some way in any aspect of your life, that brings you satisfaction, brings you fulfillment, and it brings you happiness. If you are not progressing in any way and you feel like you're just stuck and in the same point and not moving forward, that is kind of what creates like the, and the depression that people go through because they don't see themselves progressing in any way. Yeah, I understand. And that's probably, you know, you, it, it, I hate to say it, but it's 99% of people out there. I feel there are limited, not just visions of what they can achieve, but more uh, limited views as to what's actually out there in terms of what they can do right now. So it's always a matter of, you know, what is it that is that is the next step that needs to be taken kind of thing and few what do you feel were the biggest steps that made those changes leaps in your life growing up as well like from the early days let's say from the beginning um i guess first off finding something that i love and enjoy so i can actually put the work ethic into it uh but always being open minded and always being able to take advice from anyone um, and being able to apply that advice to be able to make changes in the business or make changes in my personal life, adapt to how things currently are, learn and grow as you do more and achieve more. And I think if you can't adapt and learn, it's going to be hard to progress. Um, I guess, you know, humans, we are the most, the species on the planet that can adapt the best to whatever living environment that we're in you know um and i think if we don't use that ability to adapt it's going to limit us so much so i think that is one thing that's helped me get to where i am what what, what did that actually look like for you step by step and i know you, this is probably going back a fair bit as well but let's say you go back to you 15 years ago before you started all of this what would you tell yourself in terms of taking that first step with getting started on maybe your fitness journey, maybe your your actual businesses getting started with that? Where did you feel uh, you actually started off? Yeah, well, I guess I started off from, um, first off, I love sport. I always loved anything to do with, you know, exercise, running outside, playing soccer, skateboarding, anything. I was always into sport, but I was never into gym for some reason. <laughs> um, but I think I started to take my steps to change myself as a person was when I just really started to understand what I wanted in life. I guess growing up, I was a little bit confused on what I wanted to do. I failed school. I dropped out of school. I went and worked for my dad at the time, working in a freezer, um, delivering food to restaurants and stuff like that. Terrible job. And I just knew I wasn't enjoying what I was doing. 
So I was, I was trying to find what I enjoyed in life. And I knew I had the passion for exercise. And at this time, I kind of started the gym. So I knew that what I wanted to do was something around something that I enjoyed, that I didn't have a boring nine to five. And once I found that, then everything just kind of fell into place. All the steps that I needed to take just fell into place because I could see the direction more clearly. So I guess it all comes down to just like being self-aware of yourself, um, seeing where you want to go in life, making sure that your actions that you do take are on the right path to what you want to achieve. So at the time, my goal was just to be a personal trainer in the gym. And then I started working in the gym and I was training clients one-on-one and then I learned, okay, this is how much I can make, but it's hard for me to scale because there's only a limited amount of hours in the day. So what do I have to do? Oh, okay, I can run group classes. I can do boot camps. So I was training, you know, 15 people, 30 people at once. They were paying less, but there was 30 people paying for a 45-minute session, doing this twice a week. Then I was like, oh, I'm still limited. There's only a limited amount of hours in the day. That's when I transitioned online. So all these steps I didn't know, I had to take them until I was at that point where I was like, okay, what do I do next? So it kind of just passed its way itself. Okay, and I understand. Honestly, that's always, I feel like the route to discovering your actual true potential as well, like knowing that you're, always going to need the support of other people the curiosity behind asking the right questions as well so and then of course it's you as well like you've put in the hard work you've been extremely consistent across a significantly long period of time I feel there's a lot of people going into a space expecting a quick fix uh become successful by tomorrow kind of thing and it's kind of uh proven results from what you've actually shown in terms of the payoffs of seriously hard work over a seriously long period of time as well. And of course, now you're helping a lot of people do the same as well. So what is it exactly that you're helping people with right now? I know, I know a lot more about um, exactly what you're doing than most people, but what is it that you do right now in terms of helping other people with a similar path to yours? Yep. Um, so I guess I've got a few businesses. There's first off the, the JRF, which is, uh, Joseph Parker's Fitness, my fitness app. So on that front, I help people in the fitness space. I help them um, with a meal plan and a workout program to achieve their goals, whatever their goals are. Majority of the people I help is weight loss. Um, then I also help online trainers and online coaches grow and scale their current business. So I own another company called Macroactive. So essentially what we do at Macroactive is we build websites and we develop mobile fitness apps for online trainers to help them grow and scale. Essentially, we automate their entire business, yet still keep it 100% personalized for their clients based on that trainer's specific rules and guidelines. What he or she believes in regards to training and nutrition could be completely different to what I believe, and that's okay because anyone who signs up with Emily or anyone who signs up with Bob wants a meal plan and a workout program exactly as they would prescribe it manually. So we remove all of that uh, manual work. And then we help these trainers, I guess, grow their business online. Uh, we've got over 700 trainers on our platform. And we've got 700,000 end users 
which is the clients under our trainers. Um, we've done over 100 mil in revenue now for other trainers. So I feel like we have been in the space a long time and I feel like we are the leader in the space of helping online trainers take their business to the next level. Um, outside of that, I've also got another website, which uh, me and two business partners bought. It's called IIFYM.com. Basically stands for If It Fits Your Macros. Um, so essentially, this website gets around 6,500 unique visits per day from Google, people searching IIFYM.com uh, or IIFYM meal plans. So we've plugged this into the MacroActive uh, software, and then we sell meal plans and workout programs through that as well. Then recently, on top of that, I have started the Wealth Network. So the Wealth Network is just something what I am passionate about. I love fitness, but I also love business. So the Wealth Network is just me sharing everything I know and everything I've learned over the last 12, 15 years in regards to making money online, whether it's selling a product, whether it's selling a service. Um, I've got a supplement line. I've got a clothing line. So I've done many products as well, drop shipping. So I've been in this space a long time. And I feel like I've got a lot of valuable information. So that's why we set up the Wealth Network to help other people find their passion and monetize it online somehow, whether it be through social media, whether it be through affiliate marketing, whether it be through drop shipping. Um, and we take care of all that. Essentially, they get a course to go through. Um, they get a full business game plan on what to do to achieve what they want to achieve. They get access to all my private Telegram groups. Um, for example, we've got a crypto group. We've got a sales group. We've got an email marketing group. We've got a sales group. Anything to do with money online, uh, we've got a private Telegram group for that. And on top of that, then it is weekly coaching calls with myself um, where I answer people's questions on their business, whether it be a product or service. And in a nutshell, that's, that's pretty much um, <laughs> the umbrella of what I do. Honestly, that's brilliant because I think it's super, super inspiring because I don't think that everyone actually knows exactly um, how much you do, not just uh, what you do with uh, the just with, for example, the fitness side of things where the majority of it was built on as well. So that's it's super, super inspiring. It's like the true definition of success as a serial entrepreneur in the fitness space as well, which is incredible. So congratulations, first of all. Um, Thank you and, very much. Yeah, no. And the next thing is like, you know, you're living a brilliant life as well with um, what I see as well and how you are actually conducting yourself on a day-to-day -day basis I think is very inspiring so what does a normal day look like for you right now is in very generic question I know it's not the same every day but right now with uh, what your day actually looks like what does that consist of yep uh, so it's, it's changed a little bit since being in New Zealand. I, I love waking up early. Um, so usually in New Zealand, I'm up at 5 a.m. at the latest, and then I'm just cracking into work. But here in Dubai, I can't get a coffee until like 8 a.m. Yeah, sure, I can make a coffee in my, in my place, but it's not the same of just being at a cafe and just getting it there in that environment. So <laughs> now I've shifted my wake-up time to about 7 a.m., um, so I, I get up at 7 a.m. now, then, you know, I have a shower, brush my teeth, get cleaned up for the day, breakfast, et cetera, et cetera. Then I go down to a cafe or uh, maybe like a hotel lobby where it's just somewhere nice to work, 
grab a coffee, get some caffeine in me, and then I just pump away with the work. So answering emails from my teams um, and just catching up on day-to-day stuff, putting up some social media content. Um, And then I do that for about three, maybe four hours. And then I'm off to the gym, usually training, collabing, um, filming some type of content. After that, I either go back and do some more work or I create content for social media, whether it be um, some videos for YouTube, whether it be short format reels or TikTok videos. Um, And then essentially, I've always got, you know, meetings with someone, catching up with someone for coffee, networking, that kind of stuff. So my days are very flexible and they're kind of all over the place. So any chance that I get where I don't have something, I'm usually on my laptop working, doing what I love. Um, and then outside of that, it's just meeting people, catching up, um, talking business. And if my wife's here, then we'll go out for dinner somewhere nice um, and enjoy that, catch up with friends. And any spare time I get, I'm just pretty much working on social media or on my laptop somehow or some way. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. I think everything in the business side of things as well runs itself really smoothly because of probably also because of the team that you've built out and the actual big question as well I think for a lot of people as well is how did you really develop yourself as a person to become the type of leader that is of course worthy of taking charge and actually having the respect of your team as well with continuing progression as well yeah that's a good question and I think um I've just found the right people to help me get to the next stage. So when I first started working as, you know, the online trainer, I was so busy with answering client emails. So I got my best friend, Brett, who's been my best mate since five, um, to help me out with customer support. He he helped me out with customer support. Um, And it basically allowed me to free up my time to work on other areas of the business. But I was never, like, I just, I wasn't a business person from day one. Like, I didn't know anything about running a business or anything like that. So that's when I went and got a manager. Um, And I guess he kind of gave me some structure in my life, some structure with my business. um, And set up things more like a business. So it's not me just making money online and spending money willy-nilly. And once he gave me that structure then I guess it made me grow up in a sense. And I started looking at this as a business, not just a way to make money online. That's when we started hiring other people in our team to do certain jobs, more customer support, videographers. And I guess we just built it up from there, one person at a time. And like, I don't I don't see myself to be self-made because every single person in my life has helped me get to where I am now. And I wouldn't have been able to do it by myself. I had all these key players in my life that helped me achieve what I have to date. And without them, I wouldn't have been able to do this. So it's about finding the right people, making the right connections, and they will get you to the place that you need to be. I I, I always say in business, you should only hire people smarter than you so when it comes to editing videos i don't know how to edit videos so i'll hire someone smarter than me when it comes to running a business 
I don't really know how to run a business properly. So I'll get someone who's got experience in doing that. And if you can do that, then essentially you're building a team better than yourself. Mm-hmm. And they will carry you to where you need to get to. I think that's a brilliant point as well. I think it's one of the best um, ways of, well, I think one of the only ways of seriously scaling after a certain point, having your team members be mentors in some sense as well. So I think that's yep. a really good thought. And it takes a lot of um, curiosity and humbleness as well to really step out of just the doing and then more thinking around exactly what works yep. as well. So it's really good. So, you know, with, of course, the constant demands of day-to-day life as well. A lot of people would have the question around motivation, right? Let's say motivation and discipline and the actual tasks that need to be done, they say. So as generic and as a, a repetitive question as it may be, like what keeps you motivated? How do you stay in this constant loop of being able to progress constantly as well. Yep. I'm, I'm motivated and I'm driven by self-progression and also feedback I get from other people. Like friends, family, people on social media, when they comment something, oh, well done. Oh, you're looking lean. Oh, amazing. It's, it's motivating for you to be like, oh, I can do better than this and try and prove that point. But also when it comes to motivating, uh, motivation, I always come back to the same story. I've actually just done a, another podcast and I, I said the exact same thing. So I, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but okay. hopefully the people listening on this podcast haven't heard me say this a hundred <laughs> times. Okay. When it comes to motivation, I look at it like this. If you're an eight-year-old school kid and you love playing Xbox, you don't need to wake up in the morning and find motivation to go and play Xbox. You just wake up and you go and play Xbox because you love playing Xbox. So for myself, I don't need motivation. I literally wake up in the morning and I just go and do what I love to do. It's the same thing. And I think if you really truly love what you do, you don't need motivation. You literally just do it because you love doing it. The eight-year-old kid playing Xbox doesn't need to find motivation in the morning to play Xbox. He just plays Xbox. <laughs> I almost see that the same thing for myself. Yeah, sure, then there may be times where um, you need to draw a little bit on motivation, but I, I can honestly say 98% of the time, I feel like I don't need motivation. I just do it because I love it and I'm driven. Um, so that that's how I look at it. No, I think that's really good. And honestly, that's uh, probably one of the best takeaways as well, being able to continuously do the work as well with uh, not needing to do it. Because, of course, motivation is fleeting. It's only a spark to really get you started. And I feel that once you're able to operate without the needing to feel like you need to do something and feel like it's a chore, then you will 100% be able to continuously scale as well. So I think that applies to every area of your life, right? So of course, the not just in the business side of things with the fitness side of things, actually training, exercise, your relationship as well. Like, of course, there's going to be ups and downs as well. I'm assuming with uh, what actually needs to be done. Handling that properly as well is always going to take another level of mental maturity as well. So how do you handle your personal life as well? How 
is the marriage going for you? Yep. I don't touch wood. (laughs) I don't have any problems in my relationship. And I think the reason is because me and my wife are just very understanding of each other. Um, Yeah, like we'll have little arguments here and there about just like silly stuff, but it's never anything serious. And it's just because we are both understanding of each other. And I guess we think of the other person before ourselves. So yeah, I think that's the most important thing in a relationship or if you do get married, it's to always think of the other person, always try and put yourself in their shoes and always be understanding. And if you can both do that, 99% of the time it is smooth sailing. And I think that's where most people run into problems. They butt heads too much and they don't try and work together. They just try and prove who's right. Yeah. So it's it's a constant battle back and forward. Um, so yeah, I think understanding is the most important thing. My wife knows I, I work a lot and I put a lot of effort and stuff in. She knows that I love the gym. So she she allows me that. Like she's not like, oh, you've spent two hours at the gym already. Um, where are you? Come home. Like, like she she understands. So she lets me do what I like to do and doesn't pull that away from me. And I think that's the key. That's really good to hear. And honestly, that's, uh, I think with your partners themselves, they're going to be one of the key players in your overall success as well. So with, yep. for, uh, let's say for advice for people in general who are struggling with uh, their partner, girlfriend, wife, whoever it is, if mm-hmm. they do have similar problems, do you feel that's more of, an internal problem with not taking enough responsibility with what they're possibly doing wrong? Or do you feel that it's ever a case of, you know, there's only so far where you feel like the person itself might be the the issue? Where do you, I'm not sure if you have had experience with this, but I also know you're on a different level to most of people as well, where, you know, the respect with the relationship itself is probably built in as a foundation, but what do you what kind of advice would you give other people who are maybe struggling with a similar thing around the actual um, compatibility side of things? Yeah, I guess, again, it does come back to understanding each other. But if there is, you know, I guess, issues or problems, I guess you both need to have a talk and you need to address the things that bother you or to address your problems, talk about it and see if you can come up with a solution where you can both meet in the middle. Um, Maybe you do need to put some rules down for both of you. This is what I like to do. This is what you like to do. And just have these standard rules that you can both agree on mutually. And if you both agree, then there shouldn't really be any problems. Um, Like, and you need to help each other as well. So with me and my wife, I my wife doesn't work. I do all the work. But because she's not working, she does everything else for me. I've never washed my clothes. I've never done the dishes. She cooks my dinner. She looks after me. She cleans the house. She even takes the rubbish out. (laughs) Like that's a man's job, but she does that for me. And so she just takes care of all of that work. 
which allows me to take care of this work. So we both hold each other up. If she wasn't doing everything here and I had to do some of this, it would be challenging. But she doesn't, she doesn't ever once complain, oh, do the dishes today, un unload the dishwasher, you take the rubbish out today. She does everything for me, which allows me to just put all of my energy and all of my focus into where I need to put it. And that way we can both build each other up. And I, I like it that way because it gives me peace of mind. It makes me happy, but it also gives her peace of mind and it keeps her happy. She doesn't have to work. I, I look after her, but in return, she looks after me. So it's about meeting halfway. I agree completely. And as, uh, as stereotypical as traditional as it might sound for me, like I felt, I think that is what has worked best as well for me as well. So actually having more roles kind of in the relationship as well. So actually making sure that it's setting yourself up for success in the long run as well, because there's a lot of short-term kind of things that can just implode on itself within a relationship when small things are let loose kind of thing. So, and yeah, no, and with most people, I feel that's what it's traditionally seen to work best, but I, you know, with current generation, it's straying very far away from, from that. Yeah. But, yeah that's uh, and yeah, now, not, not for me to know. And but. now, you know, a lot of females are in the workspace. So they're working a nine to five and the guy's working a nine to five. So it, it can be hard. And if that's a situation, then, yeah, you, you probably both need to help out at home. You both need to take care of um, the house chores. But because of the, I guess, scenario or situation that I've set up with my wife, I take care of this, she takes care of that. We always joke, when we have kids, I'm never going to change a nappy ever in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, no, nah, you will. I'm like, no, I won't. <laughs> so she's, I know she's going to look after. And then, the time that I spend with my kids when I have them is going to be quality time. Um, yeah. And it's, if you can help each other out and cover something for each other. Perfect. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. And it sounds like it's going really well. So congratulations, very happy for you as well. So that's brilliant. And in switching topics a little, you know, with the majority of people listening also in fitness space kind of thing. Um, just some topics to touch on as well. One of the more asked questions on the poll that put up as well. What are your opinions on keto in general? And I know that's probably one of the things that you're more vocal on as well. And I also find a modified version of this for myself as well. Works really well, but yep. yeah, what are your opinions on keto in general? Yep. I think keto is amazing. I think it's probably the best diet for many reasons for people that have a lot of weight to lose. I'll explain. At the end of the day, it always comes down to calories in versus calories out. And the best diet is always going to be the diet that you can best adhere to. I'm not afraid of carbs. I love carbs. 90% of the year, I am not keto. 90% of the year, I am super high carb, like 500 grams per day. In saying that, I do love the keto diet the best because of how it makes me feel. On a high-carb diet, there's a bit of brain fog. If I have a massive bowl of oats or a lot of sushi, it's hard for me 
to sit down on my laptop and work productively. But on keto, I am constantly switched on and just so focused. I can do my emails a hundred times more efficient than when I've had 500 grams of carbs. All I want to do is just watch YouTube. So from that aspect, I love keto. But now for the general public, if we are talking about the general public, how to lose weight, you need to be in a calorie deficit. Keto is not magic in any way. But why keto gets the best results is because of these reasons. Number one, it suppresses your appetite and takes away all of your cravings. Therefore, you don't overeat and you don't break the diet as often. Number two, you in the first week, you drop a lot of weight, sometimes three to four kgs. And this is because there's no carbs, um, lower levels of insulin. So the kidneys flush out that salt and sodium. So in the first week, I have people losing three to four kgs. Yes, majority of that is water weight. But when they see three to four kgs in the first week, they are like, oh my God, this diet is amazing. I'm sticking to this diet. Therefore, adherence is better and they get better results. <laughs> Where if they're on a carbohydrate diet, calories equal, yes, fat loss will be equal, but they don't see that initial change. So they easily break it. Also, believe it or not, keto has better adherence rates. I've got over 180,000 clients. So I have data on this. People who do my keto diet adhere and stick to the diet for a longer period of time. I look at it like this. There is more of a line in the sand. When you're on a diet, a calorie deficit, that contains carbohydrates, one, you eat carbs, it spikes your insulin, you get a little bit hungry. When calories are low, you get cravings, you get very hungry. When you've got carbs in your diet and a social event happens, it's a birthday party, or you're out for dinner with some friends, oh, it's okay, one meal won't hurt, I'll just have that. But when you're on keto, more times than not, you don't break it because you're like, you go to the birthday party and someone hands you chips. Oh, no, I can't have that. I'm on keto. Or you go to a restaurant, your friends get burgers. Oh, I, I can't have that. I'm on keto. I'll get steak and vegetables. So they actually stick to the diet because there's more of a strict line in the sand. They don't want to be kicked out of the ketosis state. Mm -hmm. That's why they end up getting better results because for the most part, they adhere to the diet. Also, one more thing, they get to eat foods that they enjoy. Bacon, eggs. It's where when you're on a calorie deficit diet, you have to restrict yourself sometimes so much that the food that you eat is pretty plain and boring. So when they get to eat these types of foods, it doesn't even really feel like they're on a diet. But hey, if you don't enjoy keto, if you don't like keto foods, you don't have to do keto. You can still get the same results on a normal diet that has carbs if calories are equal. You just won't get the water weight loss. Um, so yeah, that's why I like keto. That's why I promote keto for the most part. Um, and even just from the mental clarity aspect, anyone that does a diet, when their calories go low, you get brain fog. You get tired, your energy spikes and then it drops. It spikes and it drops. Keto, you don't get that. You just feel constantly good and constantly switched on. So I think that's another reason why people like it.
the people that don't like it normally more often than not they don't do keto properly they just remove the carbs so they're running on protein and that protein is getting converted into carbs glucose through gluconeogenesis in the liver so to do keto properly you've got to put fat in there i've got butter on my steak i've got butter on my salmon you need to have fat in order to give your body the energy and that fuel source I, I honestly I agree with I, I you've hit the nail on the head basically with uh, the majority of like everything I believe around keto itself as well I've been very vocal around you know you don't need to cut out carbs you don't need to exactly, um, you don't. basically cut out foods and stuff and you know you also know this as well you know there's phases to everything as well with you mentioned 90 percent of your your year isn't actually in ketosis kind of thing as well and i think probably one of the most useful tools as well in a fat loss phase as well because of pretty much everything you mentioned right and yeah i i found personally as well you know with backloading carbs i've done this forever now for productivity um i eat carbs but to fall asleep or for the (laughs) like literally directly before bed i eat car i have my largest carbohydrate meal as well and also to fuel my sessions as well like if i'm training later in the day i will have my larger faster digesting carbohydrate meal later in the day for to basically fill up your glycogen stores really as soon as possible that's basically how i set up my day and obviously for productivity as well it's probably one of the best things as well i do feel that Froggy with high carb meals early. And most people do it the other way. If you're on a low carb diet, they've got majority of the carbs in breakfast and meal one and meal two, you know? Mm. So yeah, they've got that lethargic feeling. Um, so if I was on a low carb diet, I would do the same. No carbs in the morning. So you kind of switched on and focused. And then you all your carbs at night before bed, which is like <laughs> what people are afraid of. Mm. And that's when you fall asleep. It's perfect yeah no honestly it's uh it's crazy there's so many myths around uh this and that with not just carbs with storing fat and insulin spikes later at night causing you to store fat and this and this it's like you can uh there's more than enough research more than enough papers on this as well yeah. uh, around total energy and it all comes to calories in calories out exactly exactly and uh people will blame it on the the carbs at night versus the 2000 extra calories that day uh, (laughs) same fat but no that's it's interesting and with training as well like how do you find uh, you're progressing on training i know it's not like a i know it's changed probably over the over the years as well but for you setting up your week what does your best week look like in terms of an ideal situation for training right now Yep. So I used to be very structured with my training. You know, I used to train, oh, okay, everything once a week, abs and calves twice a week, whatever. Um, Chest this day, back this day, legs this day, very structured. Now, there's almost no structure to my workouts (laughs) because I'm always in a different country, always at different gyms, different equipment, training, collabing with people, trying to have our days match up. So now, essentially, the rule that I follow is just make sure that I train every muscle group once per week. So if I train chest on Monday, then I won't train it until probably next week. Not always, but for the majority of the time, 
my goal is just to make sure I train everything once per week. And if I can do that, it just allows me to be so much more flexible with my training. Oh, okay, my mate wants to train legs tomorrow. I can do that. It, it's not on a specific day anymore. So even my workouts in the gym. Okay, let's just say it's legs day. I'm training legs. I've got no idea what I'm doing until I'm doing that exercise. All I know is I'm training legs. But what I can't do, I can't turn up to the gym to train arms. And then someone says, well, train legs instead. I can't do that. I have to know what I'm training prior to getting to the gym. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But outside of that, I'm, I'm, I'm flexible. And I think it's an enjoyable way to train. It's just smash that muscle as much as you can on that day. I agree. It's similar to how I train as well now. Um, I think yeah. unless you're competing, bodybuilding stage kind of thing as well, it's like you can get away with the more flexibility when it's more tailored around what's ideal for work. To <laughs> like yep. uh, that's uh, how I see a lot of training as well. So yeah, I think it, that is probably one of the best ways to go as well. If you're busy, actually on a schedule, if you're trying to, let's say majority of people out there as well, trying to lose weight and build muscle, and you have to do what's actually enjoyable, doable for you for the long run to stay consistent yep. in the long run as well. So for you as well, let's say the biggest takeaway for you with what you've learned over the years, you've been doing this forever. You've been uh, successful in many, many areas as well. What's the biggest thing that you've learned that you feel has driven the majority of your success right now, would you say? Uh, the biggest thing, one, provide value, as much value as you can, and just try and go overboard on the value that you provide without expecting anything in return. Number two, be consistent with what you do, as long as what you're doing is in the right direction. <laughs> um, I think consistency is a key, and that's what most people slip up on. Um, and I think those are the main two things that you kind of really need to do and if you can do that well i think you can achieve some pretty great things provide value no matter what you're doing and be consistent with doing that that's brilliant i agree completely i think that's the that's very very good to hear from yourself as well because it's probably one of the biggest drivers behind what most people need to know as well as well as of course the the responsibility as well like knowing that everything is your own fault everything good that happens to you everything bad that happens to you as well is always your own fault and 100 you know, i'm a big believer in that yep 100 percent. yeah like if everyone took absolute responsibility around everything that's going on in not just their own life in their it, it, around the people with the people that they interact with as well and see all those interactions as positive or negative because of something that they could have influenced then i feel mm -hmm. like the world would be a much better place in general so i i agree but everyone tries to blame something or someone else but if you can get in the mindset that everything good or bad that happens is your fault your girlfriend leaves you your wife leaves you it's your fault oh no she met another guy yeah it's still your fault you didn't keep her happy enough or you didn't provide for her enough in xyz like if you can make everything your fault and you take full responsibility for everything that i believe is a champion's mindset 
thousand percent. Don't be that person that blames and complains and says, oh, no, nah, it's his fault. He did that. This is why. Nah. Take full responsibility and full blame. Yeah, 100%. I think it's absolute poison to the brain as well when you expect other people's actions to, uh, when you actually let other people's actions negatively affect you, as well as not being able to understand that you could have done something better in that situation, or you could have changed it, you could have done this. And if you couldn't have, like, what have you actually learned from the situation for you to be better next time as well? So it's always uh, yeah i also think people try more so than not to look for excuses rather than solutions so if something doesn't go according to plan it's like oh yeah but because of this or if they if they didn't hit a certain number of revenue in that month like oh yeah but um times are tough there was only 29 days in february yeah, you, they're just looking for excuses to make it okay. Instead, if they used all that energy to look for solutions, they'd be better off. Yeah, 100%. Spend less time making excuses and spend more time looking for solutions. That's a brilliant, brilliant, uh, brilliant, brilliant saying as well. Like, I haven't heard that as well. Like, solutions over excuses. That's brilliant thought yep. as well. So, much appreciated. So, one last question for you as well in what you see in yourself as well what is the one thing that you would want to tell yourself 10 years back for you to have gotten to exactly where you are right now that you feel would have made that process smoother um yeah i want to say when i was young i I mucked around the law i did some dumb shit but I guess that's part of growing up. I guess that's part of learning. And I guess all that shapes you into the person that you do become and teaches you some lessons. So I wouldn't say don't muck around. And because some of those times when I was young, going to parties and clubs and doing all that, being stupid with my mates, I had good times. I can't deny that. Um, yeah. So I personally, I wouldn't change anything apart from maybe if I could say something, it would be whatever you do, give it 100%. And how you do anything is how you do everything. For example, um, you finish a set on the bench press. Do you put the weights away or do you just leave it there? You put it away. So if you do everything 100%, that's how you, and you keep that character throughout your whole life. And you keep that saying in your head, how you do anything is how you do everything. Then all of your standards are going to lift up and it's going to help you be a better person. And I think when I was young, <laughs> I did a lot of just pointless stuff um, and didn't give a hundred percent to a lot of things, but I've changed that now. I'm glad to hear. I think it's a great thought as well. And I feel that's also more specific advice for other people because I always think that, you know, everything in the past is something that built you into you and there's a learning yep. curve kind of thing as well. And it's needed uh, to a certain extent. You will never know what happens that wasn't there. So I think that's really, really good advice for other people who are getting started on their journey, who are on the way there as well. So 
really good and thank you so much for all the wisdom the absolute brilliant uh advice as well for actually many many people i feel like your your thoughts your actual story needs to be heard a lot more like very very inspirational as well and i don't actually think a lot of people know as much as they should about you as a person so it's uh, i appreciate you actually coming on and sharing your story as well so um yeah where can they actually find you <laughs> completely forgot to say they probably uh, they probably already know <laughs> where to find you but where would you like them to uh to find you yeah uh first off thank you very much for the kind words uh that means a lot because i do put a lot of time and effort into this so um appreciate you having me onto this podcast as well so thank you for that uh where can people find me i'm pretty much anywhere online just search my name joseph rakic and you should be able to find me facebook instagram snapchat youtube twitter um i'm all over the place brilliant all the links will be below and there will be a bunch of clips coming onto instagram as well which is gonna be and tiktok as well which will be uh, out there for you to go see we will do a hopefully we'll do a part two as well in dubai in an actual studio i have a thousand more questions which i'm not gonna <laughs> absolutely rip apart joseph's calendar with but we'll um have that sorted this summer hopefully and if if joseph's around and thank you so much for coming on much appreciate all the uh, all the help as well with the actual thoughts so thank you very much no problem at all and looking forward to that podcast uh the in-person one and Thank you to you as well. You know, every time we message on WhatsApp and I ask you certain questions, you're always replying back to me, giving me advice as well. So likewise, I've learned a lot from you. So I appreciate that. I appreciate you saying no. Always, always happy to chat. And um, this has been Joseph Rakic and on the Elite Health Podcast. Please stay tuned in for the next time, uh, for the next one and hit his Instagram link below, all his links and search him up wherever google he's seo friendly so you'll find him everywhere so thank you very much thank you for having me Great. awesome uh, there we go.